Hello, my name is Ashley Lambert, and this is Very Sleepy, a podcast to help you fall asleep. So, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and settle in, and get ready for tonight's story, The Dragon and His Grandmother. If you're like me, you were probably glued to your television during Game of Thrones and House of Dragon. By the way, this music, the Song of Wolves and Dragons, is dangerously close to the soundtrack of both. And yet, still royalty-free. Yes. Now we can tell that the lore of dragons have stood the test of time. In fact... The word dragon entered the English language in the early 13th century. A dragon is a reptile-like legendary creature, and it appears in the folklore of many cultures worldwide. Beliefs about dragons vary considerably through regions, but in Western cultures since the High Middle Ages have been depicted as you might think, winged, horned, and capable of breathing fire. The modern Western image of a dragon developed in Western Europe during the Middle Ages through the combination of the snake-like dragons and Greco-Roman literature references to near Eastern European dragons and Western European folk traditions. The period between the 11th and 13th centuries represents the height of interest in dragons, although I would argue that... As today is probably the height of interest in dragons. But the 12th century Welsh monk Joffrey of Monmouth recounts a famous legend in which the child prophet Merlin, I'm like on a Merlin kick, sorry, witnesses the warlord Vertigan attempt to build a tower on Mount Snowdon to keep safe from the Anglo-Saxons. But the tower keeps getting swallowed into the ground. So Merlin informs Vertigan that underneath is a pool with dragons sleeping in it. Vertigan, of course, drains the pool, exposing a red and white dragon who immediately begin fighting, probably because somebody woke him up. But Merlin delivers a prophecy that the white dragon will triumph over the red, symbolizing England's conquest of Wales. Nowhere in the lore, though, does it mention dragons with grandmothers. Trust me, I looked. But I have to assume that if a dragon had a grandmother and said dragon was misbehaving, his grandmother might have something or two to say about it. Which brings us to tonight's story, written by Andrew Lang, who is chiefly known for his publications on folklore, mythology, religion, He wrote over 25 books, collections of stories that were published annually, beginning with the Blue Fairy book in 1889. Sometimes these are called Andrew Lang's fairy books. And with that, tonight's story, The Dragon and His Grandmother, by Andrew Lang. And I hope it makes you very, very sleepy. There once was a great war, and the king had a great many soldiers. 
but he gave them so little pay that they could not live upon it. Then three of them took counsel together and determined to desert. One of them said to the others, If we are caught, we shall be hanged on the gallows. How shall we set about it? The other said, Do you see that large cornfield there? If we were to hide ourselves in that, no one could ever find us. The army cannot come into it, and tomorrow it is they march on. They crept into the corn, but the army did not march on, but remained encamped close around them. They sat for two days and two nights in the corn and grew so hungry that they nearly died. But if they were to venture out, it was certain death. They said at last, What use was it our deserting? We must perish here miserably. Whilst they were speaking, a fiery dragon came flying through the air. It hovered near them and asked why they were hidden there. They answered, We are three soldiers and have deserted because our pay was so small. Now if we remain here, we shall die of hunger. And if we move out, we shall be strung up on the gallows. If you will serve me for seven years, said the dragon, I will lead you through the midst of the army so that no one shall catch you. We have no choice and must take your offer, said they. Then the dragon seized them in his claws, took them through the air over the army, and set them down on the earth a long way from it. He gave them a little whip, saying, Whip and slash with this, and as much money as you want will jump up before you. You can then live as great lords, keep horses, and drive about in carriages. But after seven years, you are mine. Then he put a book before them, which he made all three of them sign. I will then give you a riddle, he said. If you guess it, you shall be free and out of my power. The dragon then flew away, and they journeyed on with their little whip. They had as much money as they wanted, wore grand clothes, and made their way into the world. Wherever they went, they lived in merrymaking and splendor, drove about with horses and carriages, ate and drank, but did nothing wrong. The time passed quickly away. And when the seven years were nearly ended, two of them grew terribly anxious and frightened. But the third made light of it, saying, Don't be afraid, brothers. I wasn't born yesterday. I will guess the riddle. They went into a field, sat down, and the two pulled long faces. An old woman passed by and asked them why they were so sad. Alas, what have you to do with it? You cannot help us. Who knows, she answered. Only confide your trouble in me. Then they told her that they had become the servants of the dragon, 
for seven long years, and how he had given them money as plentifully as blackberries. But as they had signed their names, they were his. Unless, when the seven years had passed, they could guess a riddle. The old woman said, If you would help yourselves, one of you must go into the wood, and there he will come upon a tumbling-down building of rocks, which looks like a little house. He must go in, and there he will find help. The two melancholy ones thought, That won't save us, and they remained where they were. But the third and merry one jumped up and went into the wood till he found the rock hut. In the hut sat a very old woman who was the dragon's grandmother. She asked him how he came and what his business was there. He told her all that had happened and because she was pleased with him she took compassion on him and said, that she would help him. She lifted up a large stone, which lay over the cellar, saying, Hide yourself there. You can hear all that is spoken in this room, only sit still and don't stir. When the dragon comes, I will ask him what the riddle is, for he tells me everything. Then listen carefully what he answers. At midnight, the dragon flew in and asked for his supper. His grandmother laid the table and brought out food and drink till he was satisfied, and they ate and drank together. Then in the course of the conversation, she asked him what he had done in the day and how many souls he had conquered. I haven't had much luck today, he said. But I have a tight hold on three soldiers. Indeed, three soldiers, said she, who cannot escape you. They are mine, answered the dragon scornfully, for I shall only give them one riddle, which they will never be able to guess. What sort of riddle is it? she asked. I will tell you this. In the North Sea lies a dead sea cat. That shall be their roast meat. And the rib of a whale, that shall be their silver spoon. And the hollow foot of a horse, that shall be their wine glass. When the dragon had gone to bed, his old grandmother pulled up the stone and let out the soldier. Did you pay attention to everything? Yes, he replied, I know enough, and I can help myself splendidly. Then he went by another way through the window secretly, and in all haste, back to his comrades. He told them how the dragon had been outwitted by his grandmother, and how he had heard from his own lips the answer to the riddle. And they were all delighted and in high spirits, took out their whip and cracked so much money that it came jumping up from the ground. When the seven years had quite gone, 
The fiend came back with his book and pointing at the signature said, I will take you underground with me. You shall have a meal there. If you can tell me what you will get for your meat, you shall be free and shall also keep the whip. Then said the first soldier, In the North Sea lies a dead sea cat. That shall be the roast meat. The dragon was much annoyed and hemmed and hawed a great deal and asked the second, But what shall be your spoon? The rib of a whale shall be our silver spoon. The dragon made a face and growled again three times. Hmm, 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 and said to the third, Do you know what your wine glass shall be? An old horse's hoof shall be our wine glass. Then the dragon flew away with a loud shriek and had no more power over them. But the three soldiers took the little whip whipped as much money as they wanted and lived happily to their lives end the end I hope you enjoyed tonight's short story about dragons and his grandmother but I mean dragons and dragon motifs are featured in so many works of modern literature, much longer than we could do on this show, but particularly the fantasy genre. As early as the 18th century, critical thinkers were already asserting that too much literature had been published on dragons. I tend to disagree. children's fantasy fantasy novelists dragons often fulfill the role of a magic fairy tale helper even in this story for seven years you can have whatever you want and if you answer a riddle reminds me of Monty Python's Holy Grail what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow Oh my gosh, I inadvertently went right back to King Arthur. I guess we'll never find out if it was an African or European swallow. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the reviews. For hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. If this is your first time listening, thank you. Thank you for listening and I hope you'll join us again. I'm Ashley Lambert, and this is Very Sleepy. Until next time, good night. <laughs>